evening, Joe. So thank you to Rock and Joe. What's the order that you get tonight? Tonight was uh, was just nice and simple. Just a uh, a medium roast with uh, with one Splenda. Uh, I'm usually an Americano guy though, and uh, I was cutting it a little close. Uh, leaving the house and I figured they could just pour me a coffee a little bit quicker than make me the Americano. So I went with the coffee tonight, but, uh, just enough to keep me up until, until it's time for bed later. I got some work to do. I'm sure I've got some baby duty. Um, and then, uh, hopefully I can make it till like 11 o'clock before passing out. Is your Christmas shopping all done? You still got to work on that. You know what? I've got, uh, I've got a few things to get my wife, but, uh, fortunately we kind of just did one big gift for each other. And so I've just got to fill her stocking a little bit. I've got a few things there. She is <clears throat> a godsend, as we've discussed every week so far, and and uh, she's handled the majority of uh, the ordering for for the kids. Um, aside from what Santa brings, obviously, of course. With, you know, whatever Santa brings, we'll we'll see there. But she took care of that, and and uh, we did talk about it. So I'm not a completely absentee father. I I was a part of the process with the. At least the the gift decision making, but she handled the uh, the heavy lifting there. Are you a big gift guy? Do you like this time of the year? I love Christmas, and it's not because of the gifts. It's I just love, you know, since I was little, Christmas Eve was always such a big deal in in my family. Uh, Christmas Eve more than Christmas Day. Like we did the we do the feast of the seven fishes and. Um, you know, my dad and I used to hop in the car at like eight thirty in the morning and and do our rounds around town. and And he made homemade wine and biscottis, and so we would visit all kinds of different people. and We'd stop and we'd drop off a bottle of wine and a little a little called a dookie bag of of uh, uh, biscottis, and and uh, you know just get to just get to catch up with some people that we don't see all the time. and And that was always what I look forward to the most. We'd go back to the house fire up the uh, um, the deal out in the garage and start frying up some smelts he would he'd get cooking in the garage or in the house and everybody would come over it was just you know Christmas Eve was the best we'd go to midnight mass and then you know Christmas day was kind of just open some gifts and and lay low until dinner at my uncle's house so things change when you lose when you lose family members and and so we try to rally around keeping some of those traditions alive and and uh, my wife and I are going to stay here in Lincoln this year and kind of start making some of our own traditions with our family. How about you? Uh yeah, no, just uh for me, you just mentioned it when you get older and you've got that family for us, it's always the Christmas Eve at my nana papa's house. Uh my papa passed away uh, a couple years ago and uh kind of while this was all going on, not related to COVID, so that's obviously been tough and didn't get to celebrate it last year because we were in the middle of the season. Everybody stayed here, so I wasn't going to – not that it would really matter too much, but we got to have a secret Santa as a team last year. I heard that, which is cool. It was a lot of fun. It was definitely a lot of fun, you know, everybody being away from their families, especially some of these guys at, you know, 16 to 20 years old not being able to go back. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to going back home to Chicago, um, you know, in December and – uh, you know, it's actually just a couple of weeks away. It's crazy how we've flown by already, you know, almost three months into the regular season here. But it's always just fun to to go back home and see some people, especially my friends from college and, and that I've grown up with. Producer Ethan, what about you? Are you a excellent rapper? You strike me as a guy who can, you know, rap a really good gift. And for me, I've struggled with that growing up. I can't say that I've ever really tried to so rap you're a like gift. a little like a gift box you know you, you're a cop out in that way or i'll you get a try i'll get fail. a bag and throw the tissue paper go. in there and then if it's a gift that needs wrapping i will take it home and i'll say 
hey mom these need to be wrapped <laughs> so you had the little like all right mom got all these gifts bringing them home i'll help you out and then you know two hours later she'll just take care of them and wrap them up yeah pretty much i'll, I'll set them in the, in the wrapping the the room that she takes over for wrapping and they just magically show up with the from me sticker on there so i i i mean that's pretty good you still can you can still rely on mom for that i like wrapping gifts actually yeah. um my wife is a perfectionist when it comes to that stuff, so I will wrap it, and then on occasion she may rewrap it, and then I just decide not to wrap it anymore. But uh, I think I do pretty good. I'd say probably nine out of ten she gives me the thumbs up for. So um, you know my creases aren't as as perfect <laughs> and tight as maybe they should be, but uh, I think that part of it is is wrapped out of love, and uh, and I I enjoy that, and so I always I always more than anything i like watching the kids open their gifts i i've got a lot of nieces and nephews and that's going to be the one thing i miss the most this year is is not being around them for christmas but my older daughter is is now old enough that she knows santa's coming we've got a calendar at home where she gets to move the candy cane every day that we get a day closer to christmas and she's getting pretty jazzed up about it so um i'm definitely looking forward to watching her on christmas morning I wonder what they have now because when I was younger, I was born in 96, so when I was younger they had that Santa tracker online. You were able to kind of see where Santa was at during the night. Do they have something now for I'm, Ronnie? I'm that's sure like a, they still have that. When phone? I was younger, I was born significantly before <laughs> you, uh, we would wait until the 11 o'clock news, and then they would tell you where Santa was. There was no internet at the time. <laughs> so... They would tell you where Santa was, and then my mom and dad would be like, oh, you better get to bed. He's going to be here soon. If you're still awake when he gets here, no presents for you. So my, me and my three sisters would shuffle off to bed, and, and uh, you know, but that's how we had the Santa tracker. Now, you you youngins got oh, yeah. uh, to, to follow it on the app. I'm sure we'll be doing that with my daughter, but uh, definitely a little bit of a different experience. Did you have any close run-ins with Santa Claus during the night? You know, I uh, I did one time. I I got about halfway down the steps, and my mom was like, "Hey," she caught me. My dad was. Uh, I think my dad and Santa were hanging out a little yeah. bit. Uh, we always leave. We always leave uh, pepperoni and cheese and crackers oh, okay. and wine for Santa, and then you also leave him some some cookies and milk. But he never really messed with the cookies and milk. I think everybody else leaves him cookies and milk, and he appreciated the wine and the pepperoni and the cheese at our house. And so I think my dad and, and the big guy were splitting a glass of wine when I was going down the stairs at that time. And my mom caught me, made sure I got upstairs before I had any run-ins with Santa. I appreciate that because I'm glad I got some good gifts that year. We'll talk about some of our other promotions for this weekend. But December 17th at the Icebox, Mr. and Mrs. Claus are coming. So what, are you going to break out a bottle of red wine for him now? I absolutely think that I will. And, uh, you know, everybody wants to give them cookies and milk and and i'm sure the big Billions guy appreciates that but you know my dad told us when he was younger that they always left that at his house when he was a kid and and so we will be doing that in my home as well and my wife kind of just laughed at me and said if that's that's what you want to do that's fine so i'm sure we'll leave a cookie and and some milk too and and uh, my wife can help santa polish that off and i'll help santa polish off the uh the the wine and the, the pepperoni and cheese 
Ethan, so is Christmas one of your favorite holidays, too? I, I love Christmas. I think it's the best holiday, some of the best movies, in my opinion. So are we going to make it three for three? I mean, yeah, Christmas is a joyous time, but it's also my brother's birthday. So Christmas? Like, yeah. right on Christmas? Yes. Man, what did he get host. Selfish. Oh yeah, my God. I know. So it, it, it only the morning of Christmas, because after afternoon, then it becomes his birthday. And so that's just forgettable. We so don't, does, we don't he get, does he get yeah. separate gifts? Because I've got a nephew that was born right after um, – or is everybody like, oh, this is your Christmas and your birthday gift because that is that's bad. That's soft. Well, yeah. Santa only gives Christmas presents, of course, and so you, you you get the Christmas presents from Santa, and then there's some people that try and combine them. But yeah, I mean, family members and and what have you. I mean, you it, know, it, it, it's just it completely random each year. Sometimes he would ask specifically for some things to be combined so that he could get something bigger. There you go. See, now he's playing. Yeah, he's he, playing the the odds there. That's a good. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, my mom was born on the 17th, so I, when I was younger, I double dip with the, oh, here's a birthday. Yeah. Now it's just like, oh, wow, I here's was Here's this bird feeder up. I made at, at <laughs> school, and this counts as both your gifts. Your mom's like, gee, thanks, Cristiano. Yeah, no, I, I bet she's listening in and nodding her head uh, continuously. This is not a Christmas show, but uh, it's December 7th, and we're talking about the Lincoln Stars in December, and you guys are still doing very well. 11 wins in the season. If we look back to last year, we'd be talking about a very different record for you guys. You split the weekend. Let's talk about that Friday game at the ice box against Sioux City a 5-1 win for you guys didn't really start off the way I know you would hope for Rocky in terms of the play on the ice but it's 2-0 after one period what stood out to you the most you know we did not have a good first period but uh you know we get uh we get a a, a two-on-one and a goal there from from Lucas Wallen and then we get a, a great pass from uh from Tomps over to Mr. Kaboom himself, our captain Dalton Norris, who just keeps keeps burying pucks from that side of the ice, and um, you know, talk about big goal after big goal for for adults. But you know, I told the guys at the end of the first period, like, hey, we didn't play well, and we still managed to come out of that two nothing. So let's let's not be complacent now. Let's not think that just because we have a lead that we're playing good hockey, we really need to refocus and and get back to playing the way that that we're supposed to. That Royal Road pass that Thompson makes across in between the two circles, studies show and statistics show that once you make that successful pass, the odds of scoring are greater. You guys have you know, put that into that top power play group all season long, and when it's Norris at the right circle or Thompson at the left circle, you guys have seemed to you know, put more pucks on the back than that. Was that always a structure that jumped out to you during camp when you saw that possible combination? Well, you know, George and I like to run um... – downhill routes and so what I mean by that is Thompson's on on his strong side and traditionally when you used to set up a an umbrella power play or a one three one power play that would be with guys on their offsides just hitting one timers and so with Thompson on his strong side going downhill it allows him to be a threat to pass the puck to the goal line to pass the puck to uh, the bumper we call it who Luke Johnson plays in that spot on that power play to shoot it uh, to to bump it back to the top guy, usually Joe LeMay. Right now it's been Mastro and, and of course, seam that puck. So it gives you more options. And then, um, you know, sometimes you run a double downhill. Sometimes you have a, a downhill on one side and a one-timer on the other. Um, we obviously have opted to have a one-timer on on the back side because Daltz is, is pretty special at, at that. And, um, you know, it's, it's given us a number of different looks. And what's best about it is we're not one-dimensional. No. And so, you know, we haven't just lived and died off that one-timer. We're able to 
pop Johnson high in the bumper and, and give him some shots. He scored some goals from the middle of the ice there. We're able to to get the puck down to the goal line and create some goal line attacks. We're able to, to bump it back to the top guy for some shots from the middle of the ice. Joe scored from there. So um, you can't just stand over there on Daltz and take him away because we're able to look at some other options. I know you jokingly called him Alex Ovechkin, but now <laughs> it's got to be a little more serious as this has been going on here. He leads defensemen in power play goals, just a couple behind the league lead, and def- defenses think that they can stop that. But like you said, when you have Thompson, Mastro at the deep slot, Johnson the bumper, Laba the goal line, it's tough to really defend. Well, and and the good part is 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 when they do jump into his his shooting lane, he can seam that back mm-hmm. over to Thompson or we can we can push Johnson down to the goal line and, uh, and then you can pop Laba up into the hole and you can send Thompson back door and so you know, there's there's a number of different looks that that make it very threatening and and I mean, the way he shoots it, most guys, yeah, they'll jump in front of it once or twice, but they don't want to get in front of that. And we had, I had a kid a couple years ago in, in Amarillo by the name of Brenda Datima that had 20, 22 goals, literally standing on the Ovechkin spot as a right shot, just pounding one-timers, six-foot-four defenseman. And, you know, Daltz is a little bit different. He doesn't shoot it as heavy as, uh, as Brendan did, but Daltz can shoot it from a bunch of different spots and you know if it's a bad pass he can get his feet around it uh he can attack the net and kind of kind of get that pass in in motion where that's was he just stood there like a statue and smashed it and and he had as good of a shot as I've ever seen Daltz is just a little bit more um innovative with the way that he gets pucks to the net but he manages to find a way night in and night out and it wasn't the last time we talked about Aiden Thompson on Friday night he has that assist but then in the third period after allowing a goal in the second period it's a goal scorer's goal from Tom's skate right shoot left use the defender as a screen from the right circle I mean that was one of the prettier goals for me that stands out because you can have the individual deke move going through a crowd but those type of goals you're always going to marvel at well, and and we talk about having having depth to our zone entries, and and that shot was was created by Jarecki carrying the puck in the zone, leaving it for Thompson on a takeover, and then pushing their strong side deep back, which created some space for Thompson. He's able to underhandle it, push it to the middle, go far post and in. It was a great shot, and and. You know, Tom's obviously he's been a big, a big point producer for us, but he hasn't been a big goal scorer to this point. So for him to get one, I know it felt good, and, and I know that he's capable, and I think he's going to score some really big goals for us this year, and, and that was just one example of it. And then Glebaremiev scores an empty net goal at the end of the game, and then he gets tossed a couple minutes later with a 10-minute misconduct. For me, I didn't see the play live because— It wasn't even a couple minutes later. It was a couple seconds A couple seconds, seconds later. later. Yeah, it was right after, and it's weird when it's an empty net goal, and then we're talking about the, the goalie that wasn't even on the ice, apparently, bumping into Gleb. What was your take on that play? Well, Gleb is scary because he's big, and, you know, Gleb scores an empty net goal. Their goalie's on the bench. So I, I don't buy the idea that Gleb ran into their goalie because— Gleb scored the goal, celebrated with his teammates. Their goalie got on the ice and somehow managed to find his way to Gleb. Yeah, because he sells at the other side. Correct, too. correct. So, to me, it is what it is. The you know the referee who I actually thought did a good job that game for the most part. He's one of the guys I have a lot of respect for in this league. Um, basically, said it was a hey, I'm going to manage this situation type of call and. And I'm like, okay, I understand that, but these 10-minute misconducts, you know, they 
they aren't just throwaway penalties, and, and we need to make sure that if we're giving those out, they're warranted. And, and I didn't particularly think that one was, but it is what it is. You're 3-0 and against Sioux City this season. you think there's a reason why you guys match up with them so well? You know what? I, I think that uh, we've been able to defend them fairly well. I think they're very talented, mm-hmm. obviously, um, but we've been able to defend them fairly well. They want to stretch. We've been able to keep them in front of us for the most part. Um, you know, they had they had some stretches in the second period where they generated some some good offense, and, and we had, obviously, Caden playing outstanding for us in the net, and, and then, you know, we're able to score some timely goals, and, and then from that point on, they we kept their power play off the scoreboard, which is how they've scored on us for the most part this year. As good as our penalty kill is, like, we still managed to give a couple power play goals up, and we also tend to be on the kill more than a lot of teams, and I have my theories on that, and it's not – all because we take bad penalties because that's not true. We do take some, but um, I don't think we get the benefit of the doubt that some other teams do. Yeah, uh, it's my third season here, and unfortunately I just kind of have, have come to know that, look, they're just going to call a lot of things on the Lincoln Stars, and you just kind of power through it and keep going. I know that's your message for them uh, when you're coaching these kids. If something doesn't go your way, yes, you can yell at the officials, and yes, you can lose your temper, but at the end of the day, kill it off, move on, and keep going. Well, we talk about spending positive energy on the things that we can control, and, and you know, our, our players have a pretty good understanding of the fact that there is time when, when I'll raise my voice at the officials, but doing it for a purpose. I'm not doing it just to blow off steam. I'm doing it to try to make him understand that, hey, I I disagree with that call, and, and you know, you need to go take another peek at it, and, and I think normally it will get you a call later in the game, and, you know, when we fast forward to what I thought was a debacle of an officiated game on Saturday, you know, they they got a ton of power plays early, and then we got our fair share during that stretch in the second and the beginning of the third, and they did a better job of capitalizing on their power plays than we did, and ultimately, you know, as much as I disagreed with the way the game was officiated, at the end of the day, you know, we had five in a row that were full two-minute penalties. The other three were 13 seconds, eight yeah. seconds, 12 seconds, but those five were full two-minute penalties that we had more than enough opportunity to give ourselves back into that game. Yeah, before we get to that Tri-City Storm game on the Saturday, our trivia question of the week, because Lucas Wallen scored twice on that Saturday game against Tri-City, he almost had a hat trick. Who was the last player to score a hat trick at the ice box? There was one last year. Who was it? Text us at 402-464-5685. That's 402-464-5685. You can win a family four-pack to one of the games this weekend, Friday or Saturday. Let us know. Once again, that text line, 402-464-5685. The last player to score a hat trick at the ice box, Lincoln Stars player. Do you have any ideas? Couldn't even begin to guess. And that's why I asked you. I don't want you giving that answer away. These four packs, look, they don't come cheap. But, uh, Rocky, thank you so much to for coming on the show today. And this has been such a fun time for me because we talk a lot, coaches' comments, press conferences on Tuesday. Are you getting a little sick of interacting with me? You could be honest. You could be honest. I missed my press conference today, didn't you I? You did. But I, was, I was very busy. And uh, we're obviously banged up a little bit right mm-hmm. now. And, and we've got uh, – got some suspensions and there's just a lot of mess on our hands and so I had some uh, I had some work to do and I didn't get to that press conference I'm sure we can catch up and do that tomorrow but uh, no I'm enjoying this because obviously you know 
after the games, before the games, we're talking strictly about that mm-hmm. game, strictly about the the nuts and bolts of that game. And obviously, we're doing that to a point here. But I like the fact that we can veer off topic a little bit and and talk about some other things. I'm very interested to hear what Ethan has to think about Adrian Martinez oh, putting his name into the the transfer portal, the, the quarterback of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go ahead. Uh, I'm a huge Adrian fan, actually. I, You know what? I, I told you I was at that game a couple weeks ago, and, and I was very, very impressed by him against Ohio State. I, I think he handles himself very well, and I, I don't think there could have been a better quarterback that Nebraska could have had to bring in a new coach. And for the last four years, just for everything he does outside of the game, sure. I guess. Uh, he every time he does a, a, a post game press conference, I'm I'm impressed with his poise and just the way he handles being the quarterback of a major Power Five university. So I'm you know sad. It, it was probably time. I did text my roommates when Smothers had a good game against mm-hmm. Iowa for the first half. I said you know it's probably his team now, and I, I don't think Adrian's going to come back. So it needed to happen. I'm a little disappointed, but I'm excited to see what a what comes next for the quarterback position at uh, Nebraska? Do you think they do you think they go into the the portal and try to bring a, a quarterback in, or do you think they're happy with the guy they have and they'll just groom a freshman? I think they're definitely going to explore their options in the portal, um, and I think they would prefer to get one of the big names that is in there right now. But I also think they'd be confident rolling with Logan's mothers. Do you think if he doesn't have a good first half of that game and they control the first half of that Iowa game, that maybe we're talking about a different story? Uh, I don't, I don't think Adrian would come back regardless. I, I think okay. he was probably, I've been at Nebraska four years. He's already graduated. Yep. Uh, so it, I think he felt this has been enough time for me at this university. It's either, you know, go to the, go try my shot at the NFL or go, go to another. Where school. do you think he ends up? Well, I think Fresno state's interesting cause they mm-hmm. just had their quarterback enter the transfer portal and he's a, from Fresno. Um, K-State is also an interesting option because their quarterback also graduated, Skyler Thompson, and his girlfriend's a soccer player at Kansas State. See, that's the information that we don't have, Cristiano. Oh, that's, that's why we have Ethan on the show. So those would be the two number one options. I I think he can play just about anywhere in the country that doesn't already have an established starter. So uh, I would, I hope he ends up in a great spot that lets him shine, surrounds him with a good supporting cast, and he gets a chance to go, go, go at it at the next level. I think... And you obviously made two very in, intriguing arguments for Fresno State being a local kid and K-State having his, his girlfriend there. But I think he's the type of quarterback that can step in at a, at a top 10 or 15 program that's maybe lacking something like that and take them over the, the top. And I I kind of – I know it's, a, it's an interesting comparison, but Jalen Hurts, when he left – Alabama and went to Oklahoma you know he was the quarterback at Alabama took him to the national championship Tua Tungvaluwa takes over he goes to Oklahoma and takes them to takes them to the 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 playoff if I recall so um, you know I think Adrian Martinez is that type of talent and and I think if you put really really good players around him at a big time top 10 school you might see him flourish even more I absolutely agree with you I just don't know if that situation exists I there With the are, portal, you never know. There are places that have um, I, the the brand, the current high high end respect, where they're a top twenty five team. Um, they just don't run the right offense, or they just aren't a fit with with who Adrian is. 
So I, I don't know if that exact scenario exists right now. Where's DP when we need him? I want DP's He's hot take on this. He's at the basketball this. game. He's at and the basketball then, well, game. We're not. We're not. We don't want to talk about basketball. We want to talk about Cornhusker football. Either. They're not doing too hot. Against He'll be Michigan. here in about like fifteen minutes. Are they playing Michigan they tonight? Playing Michigan. What's the score of that game? Seventeen point game. Michigan leading. It's not going well for the Huskers. Make sure DP knows he's coming on for the last ten minutes. We're talking this out. <laughs> well, you mentioned Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler was a f- hilarious name. I got mentioned as possibly coming to Nebraska, and I was like, um. I don't think so. but No, he's probably going to end up at – is he going to go to USC? What's going to go on there? Obviously, the big move there with Lincoln Riley taking off, and then you've got the big shakeup at Notre Dame with uh, with uh, their coach going Ryan on to, Kelly to LSU. having an accent at LSU. Yeah, that what was awesome. that? Like, that's awesome. I mean, come that's on. That's crazy. All of a sudden, you got a southern accent. There's a guy on Twitter who put – Ethan, did you see that video? He put a video together of like two days ago he was addressing at Notre Dame, and he said the word family, and then he was at LSU for his opening, and he said family, and it's just – like, did he sit and, and Were practice you doing that in the in Amarillo? mirror? Were you doing that in Amarillo? You know what? I even tried uh, I tried saying y'all okay. more in, in, uh, in Amarillo because that's a, that's a very Texas thing. And I got the y'alls down, but I could never get the fixing in. <laughs> like, I'm fixing to go to the grocery store. Like, I, I couldn't do it. And, and when I said it, I sounded ridiculous. Um, everybody always thought I was from Canada. And... Oh, anybody that's I don't know I I'm from Ohio like I don't have a Canadian it's accent but apparently it's a hockey accent yeah. which is interesting to me because I don't hear it obviously but a lot of people tell me that I have this Canadian accent but it's not like I'm coaching a three quarters of a, a Canadian hockey team we might have three or four guys on the team every couple of years but that's it so um, I never got the Texas Southern accent, so to speak, but I did. I mixed a y'all in on on uh, Friday. You did during our interview. You did. We're gonna have a y'all counter for the rest of the year. See where Rocky can take it. You're listening to Outside the Box. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Stars broadcaster Cristiano Simonetta on 93.7 The Ticket and TheTicketFM.com. Welcome back to Outside the Box. I'm Cristiano Simonetta, joined alongside by Stars head coach Rocky Russo. And Rocky, we welcome in Stars goaltending and assistant coach Art Bry. Art, how you doing? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. We pronounce his last name right. It's been a, a battle trying to get your last name Love pronounced that. before <laughs> home games at the Icebox. Is that always a common thing for you in your career, even as a player? You'd hear that flip-flop back and forth? You know, it's a, it's a big thing for our family. It's kind of a family joke. No one ever gets our last name right, so... For you to take the time and, and say it appropriately, I, I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I've had multiple people announce my name Russo. You're so I feel your pain, Art. Like, Russo. Yeah, Rocky That's Russo. That's and, a tough one. Uh, so, you know, let's let's make sure that we have proper pronunciations around here. Oh, my gosh. Art, how are you doing? I mean, coming tonight, I really appreciate it because – Originally scheduled, Michael Mastromenico and Christian Kosis, they're at a Booster Club event. You help out in that regard all season long. You've done an excellent job with getting the players out in the community and making sure you know they behave their, themselves in that situation. We'll get to your coaching duties a little bit on the ice, but off the ice, what's it been like working with these guys and making sure you know they're, they're great and active in the city of Lincoln? Um, it's been easy. I think uh, you know this goes without saying, but we have such a great group of guys that trying to get them involved and and doing extra things sometimes can be pulling teeth um but with our group of guys they're so willing they're so open 
Um, they're available and, and they're just a great group of guys that can really do anything that I ask them to in a sense. So getting them involved in the community, getting them uh, to help out with the youth practices, things of that nature, uh, it's been a blast. And Rocky, there's some stuff that you want the guys to do a little bit more of. Are there any ideas that come to your mind right now? You know what? I obviously, you know, I've I've talked to you and and our front office staff about uh, just being heavily involved in the community, serving our community, giving back to our community, and and uh, you know, I'm we we talked about the the food bank and mm-hmm. and setting a trip up there, uh, Habitat for Humanity. I'd love to get involved with what they do. Um, you know, any opportunity that we have to show the, the community of Lincoln and, and the fans and the people that live here, how much we want to support them and how much we want to give back to them. Um, I'm all for it. And, and, you know, art kind of, um, he wears many hats around here. He obviously coaches our goaltenders, but he's also a a full-time assistant coach. He does some video and, and, uh, does some pre-scouts for us and, and uh, helps to manage our, our billet program and helps to manage our our uh, community service stuff. And, you know, he's, he's so invaluable to what we do. And, and so, you know, his ability to, to keep the guys in line and get them going is uh, has been really important for us. Yeah, the guys are actually going to a, a school finally next week, Randolph Elementary School. It's the first time in, in two years that the guys are even allowed oh, to wow. go there. So it's going to be a really fun time. They love participating in, like, the floor hockey, the gym hockey. Uh, but we talk about now Art Bry, the, uh, the, the coach. Let's talk about the player, Art Bry. You grew up in California. What made you, you know, want to – pursue this crazy sport um you know i get that a lot for me it was uh roller hockey roller hockey's big out in southern california so um you know my dad was driving down the freeway one day and saw a sign signups he asked me if i wanted to play at around five years old i uh said yes never looked back transitioned to ice around uh 11 years old started playing goalie around 11 or 12 years old and um you know it's kind of kind of allowed me opportunities that I didn't think I would have so uh you know for me it's it's uh it's all that I know and, and I love the game so much you've got an LA Kings fan to your left though does that change anything uh no any no that's okay that's okay I grew up in Orange County so definitely uh definitely a Ducks fan um but no my half my family are Kings fans out in LA County so um we're, we're okay for now we're cool for now so Art um I I Actually, I already had Art's number in my phone when uh, when it was time to uh, to talk to him about the open assistant job here in Amarillo, in Amarillo, in Lincoln, because of Amarillo, mm-hmm. um, because way back in the day, he was uh, he was goalie partners with Colin Delia playing for the uh, Orange County uh, Midget Major team at the time, and and uh, we had recruited uh art a little bit i'd I'd called him about uh potentially playing in the north american league and i also talked to colin delia and uh art found himself a a home in the ushl colin delia found himself a home in amarillo and uh, you know those guys have been fast friends for a very long time and so colin who has spent a, a significant amount of time with the chicago blackhawks but i believe is in rockford right now um Colin was the first one that I called when uh, when it was time to uh, interview Art and, and kind of said, tell me about Art Bry. And, and uh, man, did he give a 
really, really good recommendation for art. And, and there are few people in this world that I hold in higher regard from a character standpoint than Colin Delia. And for him to say the the kind words that he did about art made me feel really good about uh, the interview that we had coming up. And obviously our uh, GM, Nick Fabrizio, was really excited about potentially bringing art on. And, and uh, I think, you know, art can tell you himself, but I think it's been pretty great so far. Yeah, it's it's been a blast, and uh, you know, to get that that feedback from Deals, uh, he's a dear friend of mine. So, um, you know, I was I was hoping he'd have some nice things to say. Uh, I didn't think they'd be that great, but um, you know, the opportunity to even step in this position has been um, you know amazing for me. Um, I just got, I stepped away from the game probably back in uh, 2020 with COVID. So for me uh, to get back involved um, in the USHL, having played here, it's I want to say a dream come true, but it's definitely an opportunity that I didn't think would come about and uh, just super thankful for it. You're listening to Outside the Box, Art Bry, Stars goaltending and assistant coach on right now. When you get that call, Art, to join the Lincoln Stars coaching staff, you just mentioned you were just playing two years ago. You were on loan in the ECHL, if I remember correctly. Was that hard for you to officially close the door on a playing career at that point? Um, yeah, I think it was one of those things that uh, was incredibly challenging for me personally. Um, having grown up, been so heavily involved in hockey to, to not have that identity anymore was, was challenging. It was really tough. So, um, I try to stay involved. I coach locally, picking up private lessons, things of that nature, running my own goalie camps, but to now actually get involved with the, with an organization and get involved with coaching staff, um, have the privilege of working with, with elite goaltenders here in Lincoln. It's, it's been amazing. So, yeah, it's been great. And you weren't the worst goalie yourself. Sorry, Rocky, go ahead, my bad. No, I was just going to say I know that Art is retired, but uh, he might need to break his gear out oh with uh, with Caden and Barrico heading off to, uh, to World Junior tryout next week and Cameron Whitehead on, on uh, the day-to-day injured list right now. I We might have a Art Bry sighting in the net next week. You never know. When was the Better last time you put the gear on? Uh, well, I stopped playing March of 2020 and I think I've strapped him up three times since then. It's one of those things that it's, it's too challenging for me to, to get back out there. I put so much into it for me to go out there and, and it, it not have that same vibe to it. So, um, you know, if the boys need me, I'll strap them up, but, but for now I'm going to keep them packed away. You know, it's funny when, when I quit playing a lot longer ago than you did, I threw my bag in the corner and I did not touch the thing for years. And I had, ironically, I had no interest. Um, Now I started coaching right away. And so you get a different, I mean, you're now experiencing it. You get a different uh, kind of fulfillment with being on the ice for practice every day. It's not the same as playing, obviously, but it kind of gets you, um, satisfies a different type of, of element. And that was enough for me. And then I would jump in and, play some three on three with the guys or whatever and have some fun. And, and, uh, I, I probably have only played a handful of times since I stopped playing. Yeah. Uh, the goaltending coach at the university of Illinois, my club college hockey team, David Heflin, he, we lost the national championship in the ACHA. Uh, and then that was obviously his last game as a senior and he hated it. He, he never wanted to put on the gear again. It kind of reminded him of that situation. It, you know, it was hard. So that feeling, I can't even imagine it cause I, I didn't grow up playing, but uh, when you have to slam that door shut, but you, you know, maneuvered into the situation you have now, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, and you know, I'll be honest, I have a lot more fun taking slap shots at our goalies <laughs> than uh, blocking them. So I'm definitely living it up on that end. So 
but you lived it up in the USHL too. Two Clark Cups, one for the Dubuque Fighting Saints that included a nine and one run for you in the playoffs. When you were at that point of your playing career, was there anything better than that? Um, no, I, I definitely think I, I can remember that like yesterday. I remember those games. I remember that run, and I remember uh, you know just my time spent in the league. So um, for me to know how invaluable these developmental years are as a player. I think that really, really helped me step into this role and really have a voice in a sense of knowing what the players need and knowing what they're looking for. Um, you know, sometimes when you're you're out of the game for a while, you, you kind of lose touch with that. So for me, having just uh, stepped out of the game, you know, kind of have that connection with the players. So, um, yeah, I definitely had a great time playing in Dubuque, had a, had a great time playing in Sioux Falls, but uh, I'm definitely happy here to, to, to be here in Lincoln. Do you enjoy beating Fargo a little more now as a coach as they uh, come up on the schedule the next two games because it was game three the overtime goal in Fargo your first Clark Cup what was that moment like in what 2013 2013 uh Frankie DiCiara I think he's playing in the ECHR I ECHRA recruited right Frankie DiCiara yep. to St. Louis as well what he a great kid was, he was an all guy yeah yeah um great guy great family so um yeah, I, I definitely think uh, stepping into that building with Fargo has been great, and, and obviously getting the two points against them is huge. So, um, yeah, just just great memories. But there was never a chance you were going to go in 2014 to the Rio Grande Killer Bees, whatever they Joe were. Coombs. <laughs> Joe Coombs. Joe Coombs. Um, did you sign a tender that year? No, no. Yeah, so drafted. they drafted They drafted me. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the situation there was in Sioux Falls, we had two overager goalies. And so we had three guys coming into the year, and we knew one of them was going to get canned. So if you if you take a look, you see David Jacobson, pretty sure also drafted by Joe Coombs. So he he was a betting man, took both of us, and figured hopefully he can get one of us. Just a short 12-hour drive from Amarillo to Hidalgo, Texas. Yeah, I actually – I was gone. So we both won championships in 2013. I won one in Amarillo that yep. year, and then – I left to go to Philly in 14, and that's when Rio Grande came in the league. They had uh, moved around. I think they were in New Mexico and then moved down to uh, to Rio Grande. And, and then ironically enough, while I was in Philly, they moved from Rio Grande to Aston, and I became the director of player personnel for them and helped them with the transition from Rio Grande to Aston, where they became the Aston Rebels. So um, the six degrees of separation there is pretty interesting. Yep, we got to have yep. a new segment on the show, six degrees of Rocky. We're going to find uh, the hockey world is very small. That would not take too long for us to, to connect the dots on some pretty cool stories. Art, what's been your favorite part of coaching so far this season? Um, honestly, I'm, I'm a big relationship guy. So for me, getting to know the individual players has been the best part about this. Um, we have a diverse group and, and to get to know the individuals in, in more than just a hockey identity setting has probably been the greatest aspect for me, um, you know, because being a former athlete, I, I definitely have that understanding that there's different roles guys play, right, and, and how people relate to those roles and how they accept those roles is, is sometimes can be tough. So for me, getting to know each individual player, um, you know, getting to know about their family, their interests, you know, what they want to study in school, things of that nature, um, I just I find it, I find it sweet. Yeah, it's cool. We'll be back in a couple more minutes with Art Bry. You are listening to Outside the Box. Back to Outside the Box with Rocky Russo and Cristiano Simonetta. 
on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back. Segment number three on Outside the Box. One last call for our trivia question on the night. Who was the last Lincoln Stars player to score a hat trick at the ice box? The winner that we choose will receive a four-pack for one of this weekend's games. Text 402-464-5685. That's 402-464-5685. And we also have to get to today's sponsor of the show, Brought to you by Farm Bureau agent Rick Michener. When it comes to insurance, all you need to remember is Rick Michener. He's your local Farm Bureau financial services agent and can be your one agent for life, auto, home, farm and ranch, and business insurance. Rick Michener in Lincoln. It's your future. Let's protect it. And Art, you handle the goaltenders who protect that last line of defense. You see that little transition there? You got Caden Embarico, Cameron Whitehead, Jackson Baker. Two of those three, the older guys that have been getting the time, two of the top 10 goaltenders in the league. So what has that been like learning from them as well and teaching them at the same time, you being a first-year coach? Um, incredibly fortunate to have walked into two elite goaltenders. Um, obviously, they have a long way to go in, in terms of their personal journeys and their development, but um, something that they both have in common is is their willingness to want to get better. I think they, they come in every day and, and having – our, our morning conversations, right? Like they come in with a plan to get better every day and, and they want that. So, um, it's been a blast coming out on the ice and even Baker, he, um, you know, unfortunately he's not getting the ice time, but he's no different, right? He comes out there and, and he's asking questions and he's engaged and, and he's listening and he's asking, you know, for feedback and things of that nature. So, um, you know, it, it's, it makes my job really easy, right? When, when these guys, are their own best coach. And, and not only that, but they, they have a great relationship. They get along really well. Um, they have conversations on the ice and, and during our goalie skates, right? Sometimes I just sit back and let them hash things out. So I think that's definitely a sign of, of a great goaltender is, is being your, your best coach. So having the little goalie nation that we have here in Lincoln, it's, it's been a blast. And we haven't had a goaltender or two like this. No disrespect to Aiden McCarthy, Ryan Willett, Jake Musatelli before them, but when you have goaltenders that can steal you games on a on night-to-night basis, which, Rocky, I know you don't really like to see out of your goaltenders. You'd rather have them, you know, making 17, 18 saves a night. But for you as a head coach, knowing that you can maybe push your forwards a little bit more, knowing you've got the security blanket back there, what has that been like? Obviously, you know, goaltending wins championships. And, and uh, you know, the guys that, that we have have been – unbelievable thus far Cameron obviously has been special uh Caden has been just as good in in his own right and and so you know those guys do give us a chance to win every night that they step into the into the crease and and our guys know that if they make a mistake those those two guys will come up big and they'll find ways to to hold us in and and uh you know in the first period on on Friday or Saturday we weren't great and even though he gave up three, it was unbelievable. Bless My you. apologies, Caden was. And, and then, you know, we we got back for him, and we had 24 shots on net in the second period. And, and uh, you know, I felt like Cameron was, was in a tough spot there um, in his first game back after injury. But, uh, you know, how many times has he been lights out this year and, and just uh, found a way every night? And then obviously Friday – uh, we weren't great in, in the first and for the first part of the second. And, uh, you know, that game could have got away from us, but Caden was exceptional and, and held us in long enough for us to get our footing and then obviously take the game over. 
So any winners on that text line so far, Ethan? Uh, yes, uh, Joe, and he'd like to say that his name is not Turd Ferguson, even though it's in there as Turd Ferguson. Joe got the question right. It was Zach Erdahl. There you go. So, Joe, a four-pack of tickets to one of this weekend's games. Big we'll teddy bear toss night on oh, Saturday, huge, right? Huge, huge. And the first goal that Lincoln scores on Saturday, hope they get it out of the way quickly. All those teddy bears and stuffed animals raining down. They will be donated to the community action of Lancaster and Saunders counties, thanks to our friends at 1041 KIBZ, The Blaze. Have you had those nights in Amarillo, Rocky, those teddy bear toss nights? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've I've been a part of many teddy bear toss nights. I was a part of, uh, well, I'll just go ahead and tell you my worst experience <laughs> ever as a coach was uh, in my first year in, back in Amarillo as the head coach. We did not have a very good team, and uh, the Shreveport Mudbugs were the best team in the league, and uh, and we got shut out on teddy bear toss night. We were down four nothing with a minute and a half left, and we got a power play. And I actually called timeout and pulled the goalie in an attempt to try to score because I was that embarrassed by the fact that we had not scored a goal. So, um, you know, I always breathe a sigh of relief after the puck goes in the net on that first one just to get it out of the way. But uh, it's a great, obviously, a, a great event and and really exciting for our fans and certainly. The donation of all those bears and toys goes to a great cause. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, a very special night on Saturday. Not to completely sidetrack the conversation, did you see Sergei Fedorov, the head coach of CSKA Moscow, pull the goalie in three-on-three overtime, and it worked two nights in a row? Yeah, but here's the thing. like In in our league, if you pull the goalie and then they score the empty net or you lose the extra point, and I don't know what that rule is, obviously, in, in the KHL. But um, if if we didn't lose the guaranteed point, I'd have, I'd, I'd have my goalie outright to start. Why not play four on three and try to take advantage of it? But, um, you know, the, the points are so valuable. It's not whose line is it anyway here. The points <laughs> matter. And so I'm certainly not in a position to give one up when we have one in our pocket. Back to the teddy bear toss conversation. Art, have you been on the receiving end as a goaltender? <laughs> Yeah, uh, not not fun when you let up that goal and, and then rain teddy bears on you. So um, I, I definitely think that I've been on the other end too where I've I've shut the door and late Ooh. in the third and then the, the other team just hits the three-minute mark and they just start raining teddy bears. Um, but like you were saying, hopefully we get it out of the way early and, and to see all the teddy bears come over the fences or the boards and, and see the guys pushing around, it's, it's definitely a lot of fun. It's a really cool experience. I think if you play in the South Division of the North American Hockey League, the teddy bear toss is no big deal because every time you get scored on in one of those buildings, they just throw yes. stuff at you. And, you know, in Amarillo, you give one up and you get pelted by 500 <laughs> Bulls balls. So uh, I think the, the teddy bears are welcome compared to, you know, like you go to Shreveport and they've got hard plastic crawfish that hit you and give you a concussion. So, um, you know, the teddy bears are at least nice and soft and gentle. Art, thank you so much for joining the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a blast. Won't be the last time that Art joins us here with uh, Outside the Box. Obviously, my name's on the title, but I'm not going to be here every week. And I think Art and you'll see George Lewis join us at times. We might even get 
Corey Courtney involved. He's the unofficial mayor of Lincoln, Nebraska, and and uh, our equipment manager and athletic trainer. And so, I suspect you'll hear from these guys a lot as the year goes on. Always love to hear his Nebraska football takes. All right, Friday night against Fargo. Saturday night, Teddy Bear Toss night against Fargo. We'll see you at the Ice Box this weekend, and we'll see you next Tuesday on Outside the Box.